Hello out there. Welcome to Dark Topic. Uh, I'm your host, Jack Luna. This is Waking Up with Jack Luna, a style of episode I haven't done since probably a year ago, it seems. July, I think, of uh, 2022. And I'm doing it today because it's New Year's. And I wanted to put out a more personal style episode. I feel like I've uh, drifted away from the public audience with all the other uh, projects I've been working on and a lot of the Patreon and Apple Plus stuff that I do. I just wanted to put out a public episode and uh, have a direct uh, connective style app to begin the year. Uh, my plans for Dark Topic, as always, are to pick up the pace in uh, releases and, uh, you know, do more work and do better work. We all have the same hopes for ourselves. I think going into a new year to be better and to improve on all the things that we want to improve on and to get rid of a lot of the things that we want to uh, get rid of. That being said, I do have a tequila sunrise in front of me. Uh, tequila, Grand Marnier, I think. Um Orange juice, some cherry syrup from maraschino cherries, and I have half a pack of cigarettes that are left over. So this is just the stuff that's left over from Christmas, and I figured, hey, maybe I'll dump this out into my stomach and lungs to start the new year off and just get rid of it and hopefully uh, be rid of it for good. We all know that that's a lie, I'm telling to myself, but my intentions are good. As were the intentions of everybody involved in this episode, uh, this is an episode about bravery, and a lot of it doesn't end well, but overall, I mean, these people were still brave and still should be remembered and have their stories told anytime they can be. So I kind of got onto the Carnegie Medal Award for Bravery over a fairly recent story where a pizza delivery driver saw a house on fire and went in and saved the kids. From there, I kind of went down the rabbit hole. And as I was going down this rabbit hole last night, I said to myself, you know what? This would make a good waking up with Jack Luna. Let's, let's wake up tomorrow and, and pump this out. So it'll be a little run down the delivery style and their, the writing. I mean, a lot, I'm going to be doing the research kind of on the fly here. I do have some things written down, but I hope that you'll enjoy. And I hope that um, you all We'll head into the new year here with me, maybe on a positive note from what we can find here, although likely still dark. This is dark topic after all. I hope you don't mind if I smoke a few of the cigarettes that I have left over and you'll hear the tinkling in my glass. Uh, that's not me peeing into my glass. That's me sipping from it. It has ice cubes in it. So what is the Carnegie Medal for Bravery? The Carnegie Medal is a bronze medallion, three inches in diameter, and is awarded to civilians who risk death or serious physical injury to an extraordinary degree, saving or attempting to save the lives of others. Andrew Carnegie, the founder of this medal, as many of you probably know, was an American industrialist and philanthropist. He uh, became one of the richest Americans in American history after selling Carnegie Steel he actually surpassed John D. Rockefeller at the time as the richest American. Um, later in his life, he ended up giving away, donating, you know, um, making charitable donations to the tune of about $5.9 billion, almost 90% of his fortune. And as part of all of this philanthropy, he um, started the Carnegie Hero Fund. It initially was started up to recognize 
a couple of miners, M I N E R, who gave their lives in rescue attempts after the or during the Harwick mine disaster in Harwick, Pennsylvania, on January twenty fifth, nineteen o four. That disaster it claimed one hundred eighty one people, including Taylor and Lyle, who were killed during their rescue attempts. And Carnegie was greatly touched by this, and decided to start up this uh, Carnegie Hero Fund, where people get $5,000 along with being recognized and uh, get this medal. So this past couple of years, there have been a dozen such heroes, and I have a list of them, and I, and I do have the research on what each did in order to get this medal. So I'd like to go through them one by one with you and uh, recognize them ourselves. What kind of uh, spurred me into this whole area is that just on Christmas out here in Alberta, a family went out on Christmas Day in their quad, or it's like a four-wheeler off-roading vehicle. They went out onto this lake, and they fell through the water, and they all drowned. It really bothered me, the comments in the comment sections of the YouTube videos that I saw on it. Now the comments have all been turned off for the most part. But you would see things like, um, I feel sorry for the kid. The parents were stupid. I can't believe that they would go into it. It's like, okay, like relax, right? You don't have to shame these people after their deaths. Yes, they made a mistake. But how horrible is it that a family drowned on Christmas Day, right? And all of the comments almost back to back to back to back were just talking about how stupid they thought the family was. And I was like, how stupid are you to take that approach um, in reacting to such a tragedy? And you see it in almost all things now in social media, including this one that I recently reacted to on X, where... There was a video showing, do you remember that orca that killed the woman at SeaWorld? Her name was Dawn uh, Brancho. So Dawn Brancho, she's working with this orca. The orca apparently had been fairly discontented with its situation for a long time. And what it did was it dragged her into the water, uh, thrashed her about for 45 minutes, scalped her, broke her in half, drowned her. And all the comments I was reading on that as well were like, uh, you know, serves her right. The, the orca did nothing wrong. That's what you get, right? And again, for me, it's like I, I can agree to some of the sentiment, sentiment. I can't agree with how rude these people are being or how heartless they're being um, and acting like they have a heart for the animals. They have absolutely no heart for the victim here. I wrote, there's some deep thinkers here. The orca did nothing wrong. It scalped this woman, broke her in half, then drowned her. I'd say mistakes were made all around. End quote. That's what I <laughs> And, of course, I have uh, sympathy for the orcas and all that, but, like, nobody is saying that this woman, who probably loved animals more than anybody in the comments section, sure, she's working at SeaWorld, sure, it's kind of like a prison camp for um, intelligent uh, mammals, but she still died a horrific death and she still has family and friends that cared about her that um, are devastated by this and friends, co-workers and all that. And it was a tragedy, no? 
Like it wasn't just uh, she deserved it. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. That's something I kept on seeing when it came to this family who drowned on Christmas Day and to this woman getting dragged in by the orca. So I'm just kind of giving you the backdrop here for why I got into this Medal of Bravery thing and the rabbit hole uh, where, where I fell in. Um, was responding to heartless comments on X and on X, actually. It's all on X. Oh, on YouTube. Where people digest the information of something horrific happening, something tragic happening, and just sit back and Monday morning quarterback it and act like they wouldn't have ever been in that situation because they're not stupid or they're not a piece of shit at SeaWorld. It's like, guys, these are terrible, terrible tragedies. Can you just slow down a little bit and just have some uh, uh, empathy, some sympathy? I like how they all act like... uh, they are better, you know, that they are uh, premium human beings in, in comparison and showing that they absolutely are not in the way that they're behaving. They're the worst type of human beings. These people who comment on the deaths of other people and say they're stupid for being in the situation. It drives me crazy. But again, this, this put me down the path here. And uh, let's try to get onto a lighter note. So the first one that I want to talk about is the one that got me involved here in the first place. And this is the story of 25-year-old Nicholas Bostic. Back on July the 11th of 2022, he saved five kids from a burning home. It was just after midnight, and this happened in Indiana, Lafayette. So he's driving down the street just past midnight. He sees a house on fire. He stops, he puts the car that he's driving, his pizza delivery car in reverse, and pulls into the driveway, backs into it. He jumps out, goes to the back of the house, and he's yelling, trying to alert anyone that's inside that the house is on fire. Here's a quote directly from Bostic on this situation, quote, I went in through the back door, and the second step of the staircase is when I saw the faces coming out, and they ran past me. I followed behind, and then at the back porch, I asked them if there was anyone left in the house. End quote. So there are two teenagers, an 18-year-old, a 13-year-old, I believe, and a couple of little kids, and they say to Bostic, there's a six-year-old girl still inside. So without hesitation, Bostic goes back in. He wraps his shirt around his mouth, his nose, and starts going blindly through smoke and fire. He's burning himself. He's inhaling tons of smoke. He can't see anything. And he said that the heat felt like he was walking into an oven. He begins crawling on the ground. He hears the cries of this six-year-old girl and he locates her. He picks her up and heads to a window that he punches out with his hand and then jumps out of the window with the little girl. Here's another quote with him. Quote, We looked out the window, and then I went shoulders first through it, and I landed on my right side with her on my left side. So he saved these kids. There was one one kid he was staying over for the night for a sleepover, but uh, he saved six people, including a six-year-old little girl that certainly was about to die. And there is video footage of him running up with the little girl to responders to a police officer. It's actually on a uh, body cam that we get the footage from. I'll put some links in the show notes if you want to see it. Uh, He lays down on the ground, 
He's got a big cut on his arm from jumping out of the window. He's got burns on him. Um, he's having trouble breathing because of how much smoke he's inhaled. And he gets a tourniquet put onto his arm. And all he's asking is, is the baby okay? Is the baby okay? He's put into the hospital for a couple of days, makes a full recovery. And everybody in this situation survives. Thanks to, thanks to Nicholas Bostic, Mr. Boombastic, bloody fantastic. So, uh, that one really warmed my heart and I got into the rest of the people who received the medal recently. And that didn't warm me so much as it kind of just made me sad at times. It kind of made me feel like having a drink of my tequila sunrise. Let's get into the first one. Terrence A. Dia, Louisville, Tennessee. Dia is driving his pontoon boat with his daughter in a place called Little River in Louisville, Tennessee. This is on June the 5th of 2021. What happens is that Emma R. Fila, who's 18 years old, is on her jet ski on the River Channel, and she rides her jet ski right into a concrete railroad bridge support. She goes flying off of her jet ski, and she's laying in the water face down and is sinking into the 24 feet deep water. Terrence Dia is 70 years old, driving by in his pontoon boat with his daughter. He's a retired district sales manager. He'd actually had double open heart bypass surgery seven months earlier. And despite this, he dives into the water, pulls up as close as he can because it's close to like these um, concrete abutments uh, underneath this railroad bridge and jumps out of the boat into the water, swims up to the girl and grabs her, saves her from going all the way down to the bottom, pulls her up and then begins yelling for his daughter to maneuver the boat closer to them. His daughter can't get it close enough, and they both drown. Another boat carrying six people shows up, and some of them are surgeons. They pull the two, uh, Dia and 18-year-old Fila, onto the boat and begin performing CPR on both of them. They drive to a nearby dock, and then they try even more to do the CPR, Paramedics come, and 70-year-old Terrence Aedia and 18-year-old Emma Arfila both are pronounced dead at the scene. They both had drowned. Dia received the medal for his act of bravery. Soft hearts, hot uh, start here on the uplifting episode of Waking Up with Jack Luna that I wanted to share with you this New Year's uh, morning. That's a tough one, as many of these are. Uh, many of the medals that are awarded from the Carnegie Fund are delivered posthumously to the heroes. Uh, some of the most heroic acts end in the rescuer dying themselves, right? Here's another one. Christopher K. Burkett. So a 93-year-old woman, her name was Shirley Treadwell, and her caretaker were driving in their SUV and they got stuck in a train track in Forsyth, Georgia, on November 10th, 2021. Christopher Burkett, who was 47 years old, he was a production line supervisor who lived nearby. Him and his friend were repairing a fence when they heard the car struggling on the track and kicking up gravel, and they heard a train approaching. Christopher ran to the car, uh, tried to open up the passenger door. It was difficult to open for some reason. He did end up getting it open. The driver gets out. The caregiver gets out. 
the 93-year-old woman, Shirley Treadwell, is still stuck in the vehicle somehow. I don't have all the information on this, but it's like she can't get out. What happens is the 170-car freight train, which was approaching at 39 miles per hour, it could only be spotted at a point of 300 feet from the car because it was coming around a, a bend, kind of like in Stand By Me. The train came in quick. The friend of Christopher's got away from the, the vehicle along with the driver, but Christopher Burkett stayed with the 93-year-old woman, still trying to get her out as the train hit the vehicle and th- tossed it 100 feet, killing both Burkett and 93-year-old Shirley Treadwell. And Christopher Burkett received the Carnegie Hero Medal for his extreme act of bravery. That tr- He let that train barrel right down on him and would not let that old lady die alone in there. Want to learn a new language? Well, then Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on a desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It has fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process. It helps you pick up language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's designed for long-term retention, Rosetta Stone is. They have the speech recognition feature, built-in true accent. It gives you feedback in your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. There's an amazing value with Rosetta Stone, a lifetime membership, all 25 languages, and offered here for 50% off. It's a real steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Dark Topic listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. So two for two on uplifting. Uh, this is not working out. I, this is working out exactly how I thought it would, to be honest with you. So I'm pretty glad I brought this uh, horrific concoction with me this morning for this episode. And you have to ask yourself when you hear these stories, would you do the same thing? I don't think that we know until we're in the situation. You have a 93-year-old woman begging for your help as the train's barreling down on you and you got your hands on her and you're fumbling with the seatbelt or whatever's going on. Um, She's having difficulty maybe getting out because of her age. She does have a caretaker with her. Uh, The caretaker did a great job here, didn't she, or he? I mean, as soon as you're stuck, you got to get out. You helped her in, help her out. But uh, maybe everybody froze as the train started approaching. I don't know. Personally, I got to get away out of the way of that train. I mean, I'm taking a few peeks back. If she's not moving, uh, bye. Uh, farewell. I mean, you had a long life, right? But uh, he stuck with her. To his credit, he's a better man than I. Let's see if we can pick it up a notch here. Let's talk about Emmeline Golden. So a 15-year-old boy, he's autistic and nonverbal. He drifts somehow out into the tide uh, of Burrard Inlet Beach in West Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on September the 9th, I think, of this year. So, Emmeline Golden, she was a 34-year-old local artist, is, uh, I won't do that to you again in a row here, is a 34, maybe 35-year-old local artist. She's at the beach when she learns of the boy out there struggling in the tide, 
Golden removes her outer layer of clothing and jumps into the cold water. She gets to the fully clothed boy who is resisting. Again, he's autistic, nonverbal. I don't know how the fuck his parents or his caretaker or whoever let him get into this situation, but they did. Golden quickly uh, gets to know the boy, calms him down to a point, which is which is very difficult, by the way. Um, an autistic, nonverbal child, 15 years old, who is thrashing in the water, she builds rapport with him in this moment and manages to calm him down, gets his clothes off so that he's not being dragged down by them so much, and just kind of treads water with him until a boat, a rescue boat, responds and is able to pull the two from the waves. She uh, said that he got tired, right? And she was kind of just hanging on and likely was just going to hang on to him until they both went under if, if that was going to have to be the case. The boy went to the hospital and was released later that day. Emmeline Golden survived herself. She was treated at the scene for shock and hypothermia. She recovered without further medical treatment. That's a good one. And of Canada. So the, this medal covers all of North America. Here's a tough one. A father drowned June 26th, 2020, saving his daughter from drowning. Kinsley R. Gardner, who was 21 months, was wearing a life jacket in a kayak with her mom. They were only about 10 feet from the bank of the Spokane River near Post Falls, Idaho, when an undertow flipped the kayak. And it dumped the 20-month-old girl and her mother into the water. Kinsley, this baby, was um, pushed to the surface by her mother, but then the current submerged her mother and carried her away from the bank. She later said it was like being sucked down a drain. Then the father, Gabriel Lucas Gardner, a 35-year-old laborer of Spokane Valley, Washington, jumped into the 60-degree water and swam to his toddler. He grabbed his daughter by the life jacket and attempted to hand her off to another man who had entered the water, but they were struggling so bad in the water that the, the man who came in to help had to return to the bank. He didn't want to get drowned with the father who's swinging around and the daughter. It's a chaotic situation. that The undertow was ripping at them. This father, Gabriel Gardner, then swam 70 feet with his daughter to another kayak that was piloted by his son, who was 12 years old. The son took his little sister into the kayak and the dad submerged to that point and didn't resurface. His body was found an hour later, about 900 feet down river. Jesus Christ. What am I doing here? I mean, what, a, this is a, this is a true hero here. Gabriel Lucas Gardner died saving his daughter. And he did, he did save her. Died in front of his son and his wife and, Let's get one where the hero doesn't die, how about? Kevin Conklin, a high school student, was hospitalized after attempting the August 4th, 2020 water rescue of a six-year-old boy who was playing in a flooded five-foot ditch in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania Park. Uh, the kid was swept into a 25-foot-long drainage pipe that extended beneath a two-lane road. Kevin Conklin, 16, he saw this happen and he jumped into the flooded water. He went underwater and tried to feel for the boy in the drainage pipe. After failing to find him, he went down and went deeper into the water, deeper into the drainage pipe. And after many attempts to find the boy, he too was swept into the pipe. 
and both the 16-year-old and the 6-year-old boy tumbled into the stream at the other end of the pipe. So when he got sucked in, he kind of knocked the boy loose, and the both two of them went flying up the other side, on the other side of the road, out this pipe. The current carried them downstream, and other people that had witnessed all of this were able to pull them from the water. The 6-year-old only sustained bruising. He recovered. And 16-year-old Kevin was taken to the hospital for bruises, pain to his wrist, exposure to the cold water, uh, to get his balls drained because they were so fucking huge going at this uh, circumstance in the way that he did. 16 years old. Unbelievable. That was a good one. That's what we're looking for on this New Year's Day of 2024. How about Roberto Y. Longoria, a 42-year-old tanker technician of Phoenix, Arizona, he died on August 29th, 2021, attempting to save his 32-year-old co-worker from suffocation inside a chemical tank trailer in Avondale, Arizona. Jose Perez had entered a trailer to try and fix a slow drain and became unresponsive due to exposure from chemical fumes. Longoria, the hero here, entered the trailer from its ceiling hatch, but then called 911 to report what was going on. He handed his phone to a truck driver, to continue staying on the line with 911, and then got a respiratory mask from nearby. He entered the trailer and then collapsed once he got inside. Firefighters removed the men from the trailer. They both had died from exposure to hydrogen sulfide gas. <laughs> Roberto Longoria received uh, his Carnegie Medal posthumously, obviously, and um, a very brave act by him. Give us something good here. James W. Musgrove, Jr. He heard shots ring out June 16th, a uh, church potluck he was at in Vestavia Hills, Alabama. There was a shooter, a 70-year-old man armed with a semi-automatic handgun. This 70-year-old was firing shots. He killed three of the more than 20 senior citizens attending the potluck. Oh, I think I remember this one. Sitting closer to an exit, Musgrove, a 79-year-old Birmingham, Alabama retired investigator, lifted a banquet chair held it in front of him like a shield, and ran toward the assailant. He released the chair and grabbed the assailant's hand holding the gun and forced him to drop it. Holding back the assailant's neck, Musgrove retrieved the gun and struck the assailant until he was subdued. He restrained the assailant until police arrived. At the time of the investigation, the assailant was awaiting trial for capital murder. Wow. James W. Musgrove. 79 years old. Hero. Uh, sun is starting to go down on this drink, as is my enthusiasm uh, for back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back horrific tales that I should have more information on. I'm realizing now, my apologies. Again, I just woke up. It's uh, New Year's Day. Let's go on to Chad W. Chichester, a 52-year-old engineer from Midland, Michigan, who responded to a burning all-terrain vehicle on April 3rd in Sherman Township, Michigan. A 23-year-old woman named Carly, she was inside an ATV that was on fire. And um, Chad Chichester entered through the passenger compartment. Her clothing was on fire. He witnessed the accident. He was in another ATV and saw it flip, turn on its side and go on fire. Initially, flames and smoke precluded him from seeing the young woman. But as he circled the ATV... He saw her standing on the driver's door, reaching up towards the passenger window, opening. Okay. So she's five foot one. It cannot reach the passenger door. It's tilted on its side. It's on fire. Clothes are on fire now. And she's trying to get push up to get outside the passenger door. 
which was six feet uh, from the driver's side door to the passenger door, six feet. She's five foot one. Chichester reached through the flames, grasped her under her arms, and attempted to lift her out of the vehicle. But the synthetic material of his gloves was melting in the blistering heat, causing his hands to slip. He stepped back, shook the gloves off his hands, and went back to it. Flames burned his hands and wrists. He reached in again, grabbed her in the same way, and pulled her from the ATV. Hero. Hero alert. Laying her on the ground, others at the scene instructed her to roll and get the flames uh, snuffed under clothing. Others packed snow from the ground to put out the fire. This young woman was flown by medical helicopter to a hospital for treatment of severe burns. She required multiple surgeries. Our hero here in Chad, Chichester, was flown by helicopter to a hospital for treatment of severe burns himself. To his hands, he also required surgery. And uh, boom, boom, hero moment here. Full body chills, am I right? Sorry, I sound like such an asshole delivering all this. This might not have been the best idea, uh, but I just want to hang out. Can we just hang out, guys, and and do something that's uh, half halfway to uh, decent? I'm trying to think if I've ever seen anything super heroic that would uh, constitute getting possibly a medal or someone being proposed for it. I don't think I've seen it. I, I saved a kid one time from choking. Uh, twice, actually. I saved two kids in group homes. I've talked about that before. But it's not metal-worthy stuff. I bring that up not really as a pat on the back. Ah, pat on the back, right? Because that's what I had to do to keep the kids from choking. Um, but to say that these things, heroic-style situations, happen out of nowhere all the time, especially in group homes or hospitals. I mean, there are nurses every day who save people, doctors, surgeons, you know, uh, firefighters, police officers, paramedics, just saving people's lives, and you never really hear about it. But these obviously are just regular uh, civilians who come upon a situation and decide to risk their lives for it. The initial one that happened there with the guy going into the house, the young man going into the uh, house and saving all those kids, that one, I mean, man. Sometimes you hear something and you're like, uh, yeah, it's just straight up hero. Wasn't doing his job, you know, wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. He put himself at risk and could have easily died saving complete strangers. And th- those things, the, those stories touch me the most. I, I don't have any of those. I only have me uh, pounding um, some, what was it? It was Play-Doh from a kid's mouth. Actually, he coughed it up, and uh, we continued playing with Play-Doh. That's how fucking high stakes that situation was. But all led to it that when you see somebody who's in distress, you often just react, right? And it's kind of scary to think that if you're down by the beach, you say you're uh, down by a lake, that's the waves are crashing, the water's super cold, it's springtime, and some kid falls off a pier into the water and you're one of the only ones there who's willing to act, that could be it for you. You have to ask yourself, would it be it for me? Would I jump in? Um, and again, you don't know until you're in the situation. These people in almost every situation here, they were such people. Talk's cheap. I mean, and there's nothing cheap about any of this, except for the metal that they get. <laughs> it's pretty cheap looking. So let's go to Derek Weinmiller, a 38-year-old union carpenter from Kansas City, Missouri. He became paralyzed from the chest down after helping out on February 9th, 2020, 
with an armed robbery at a neighborhood store with thwarting one, I'm assuming. So a man pointed a handgun at the store's cashier, and Derek believed that this man's life was in danger. So he confronted the assailant, jammed the weapon, and pushed the man against the wall. They struggled. The assailant broke free and shot at Weinmiller, who got shot seven times and sustained injuries to his bowels, heart, ribs, pelvic bones, scapula, vertebrae, and spinal cord. The assailant and an accomplice fled the store and have not been identified. Weinmiller was hospitalized 19 days, underwent emergency surgery, spent two months in rehabilitation. At the time of the investigation, he had ongoing outpatient therapy and hoped to walk again. That is heroic. This is one of those situations where I'm the asshole oftentimes privately with, you know, my girl or friends of mine. If I hear about stuff like this, it's like, just stay out of it. It's just money. You know, let, let the guys take off and rob the bank. I mean, they're probably going to get caught anyways. Do you really care about a bank being robbed? Uh, but in this situation, it's a neighborhood store. He feels like the, the man who's getting the gun shoved in his face is in danger of having his life taken. So he intervenes, which is quite heroic to me and not stupid in any way. Um, stupid of me to even suggest that anything uh, where someone's intervening out of the goodness of their heart or fine morals or bravery, I mean, it could be stupid in the first place. Again, sometimes we just react. Um, I'm sure there's many spirits who intervened in robbery-style things and just got shot in the face. In the afterworld, they're like, oh, my God, how much was the guy stealing? A hundred bucks? And now I can't see my family ever again? You know, they, they would rethink it. But that's what being heroic is. You don't think. You act. There's fight, flight, and fright. And every one of these people is choosing to fight. And they deserve nothing but respect. And on this episode of uh, Waking Up With Jack Luna, our, our attention, right? <laughs> so, moving on with the laziest episode rec- ever recorded of Dark Topic, let's get into Paul Galati from East Hampton, Massachusetts. 61-year-old David Martinez, he used a wheelchair, was trapped in his East Hampton, Massachusetts burning apartment after his bedroom caught on fire and blocked his exit. Massachusetts, right? A neighbor, Paul Galati, 38, he was an environmental coordinator, saw the fire and responded to this three-story apartment building. He entered the structure through the front door, opened the door to the basement, shouting for anyone inside to respond. Through the black smoke pouring from the doorway, Galati heard Martinez respond that he's in a wheelchair and needed help. Galati descended the stairs, but realized he wasn't going to be able to breathe and returned outside to take in some air. He then pulled his shirt over his mouth and nose, returned to the stairs, descended, and searched for the man in the wheelchair. He was 12 feet from the stairs. At the bottom of the stairs, when he got there, he finally found him, alerted by his cries. He lifted Martinez from his wheelchair, hoisted him over his shoulder, and left the building, saving them both. Hero. Ding. Paul Galati. Here's a tin medal and 5000 bucks. Thank you very much. I think these people should uh, be taken care of for the rest of their lives. I think they should never have to pay tax again. <laughs> At least. But they're just, um, you know, linked to an article that I found randomly here doing subpar research on each of these cases, and at least I'm shouting them out. Um, who else we got? Nicholas Bostic. I already talked about him, our boy, from the beginning, who brought us down this rabbit hole. 
How about we talk to Zach or talk to talk about Zachary Schwozward. Oh boy, all these names are difficult for me to pronounce. So three men fishing on September 13th in the Atlantic Ocean at a beach in Island Beach State Park in Seaside Park, New Jersey, got into trouble when a rip current pulled two of them into deeper water. The men drifted apart and struggled to keep their heads above water. There was a third man, an off-duty police officer. This is Zachary. He's 25 years old of Clifton, New Jersey. He sees uh, the friend struggling, collects a bodyboard from a truck, goes into the water with the board strap secured to his wrists, and swims towards the closer man, who is about 80 feet from the beach, in water at least six feet deep. A wave crashes over him and breaks the bodyboard's cord, ripping the board from him. He continues on without it. Schwarzward, Zachary, reached the man and guided him into wadeable water, where he went to the beach on his own. Then, Schwarzward, Zachary, swam to the second man, who by then was motionless. He dragged him to wadeable water and then dragged him onto the beach. Arriving first responders took both men to hospital, where they recovered. Hero. We need a hero. Zachary Schwarzward wins the award for the hero stuff, but it gotta be cool. He's got a mustache, and he did what he had to do that day. He is a hero. Boom, boom. And that is uh, Tequila Sunrise. Brought to you by Tequila Sunrise. All right, we got three more here. Courtney Balls. So, Courtney Balls, a local... uh, Speaking of balls, right? A 25-year-old delivery driver on March 23rd, 2022 entered a burning Pocatello, Idaho mobile home amid exploding oxygen tanks, dense black smoke that limited her visibility, and spreading flames to find 76-year-old Richard Sergi, who was badly burning. Burned, sorry, but yeah, burning. Sergi, outweighing balls by more than 100 pounds, uh, didn't stop balls from pulling Sergi to the front door. Courtney, balls, exited the home as flames burned above their heads. Balls dragged. Yes, they did, even though she's female. Or a woman, sorry. Females uh, were the people get upset by, apparently. Uh, Like I'm calling them animals, but we are all mammals, remember? So, yeah, we are kind of animals. Balls dragged. Sergi, partially outside where another man helped move Sergi, fully onto the porch. Sergi's injuries were extensive, and he died the following day. Damn it. Balls inhaled smoke, but she recovered. Shit, I thought that was going to end well. Well, she tried. Courtney Balls. Hero. Almost, but still hero, right? All right, two more. We're doing the countdown here for New Year's Day. Jose M. Pichardo. A 97-year-old woman was saved October 1st, 2021 from her burning home thanks to a passerby who responded. Jose M. Pichardo, a 41-year-old car salesman in Nashua, New Hampshire, was driving in a Nashua neighborhood when he saw flames issuing from the back of Shirley Buter's home, who's 97 years old. Pichardo kicked down the locked front door, crawled toward the sound of the old lady's voice, where he found her sitting in a chair in her living room. Telling her to remain in the chair, he dragged that chair to the front door and onto the front porch, where another man assisted Pichardo in carrying the old woman in the chair away from the house, Booter inhaled smoke and she was hospitalized, recovering in two days. The day after the fire, Pichardo recovered from smoke inhalation. You thought he was going to die there, didn't you? I did for a second. Uh, He didn't. Hero. I like that one. 
I mean, you come in, you see the old lady, she's surrounded by flames. Hey, uh, but yeah, no help. And he's like, okay, can you get up? She's, no, all right. Give me a sec. Drags the whole situation outside. Hero shit. Just get it done. By any means necessary. The last one. Daniel Franz. On April 7th, the driver of an SUV remained inside his car after it left a highway and struck a rock wall that separated the road from a reservoir in Carmel, New York. The accident left the car straddling the wall, which was about one foot tall at the road, but dropped seven feet to an embankment adjacent to the water. This 31-year-old conservation officer, Daniel Franz, was patrolling the area and came upon the wreckage. Stan Pelletier, 68 years old, was inside, leaking fuel ignited, and flames were burning the undercarriage. This officer, Daniel Franz, of... Mayo Pack, New York, fully entered the car, grabbed Pelletier under his arms and pulled, but one of his legs was trapped. He pulled again with more force, and the leg came free. They backed out of the car. Franz dragged him across the center console out the front passenger door is how he did it. Flames engulfed the vehicle, and Franz attempted to block Pelletier from the intense heat by standing between the car and, and the older man. Other responders arrived and helped the man to the road, where he was taken by ambulance for treatment and severe injuries. France was not injured. And that wraps up this episode of Carnegie Hero Fund Commission Stories. That uh, moment where he stands in front of him and just takes the heat on his back, you know? Amazing. Many amazing moments there. And this was not nearly as uh, good as I hoped it to be. This, I just wanted to say hello and Happy New Year. And um, I'll get back to you with something that is much better prepared than this next time. I hope you found it somewhat enjoyable this New Year's Eve morning. I'm going to finish my drink, take a shower, uh, finish my cigarettes first, and get on to fulfilling my pact with myself to not do all the things that I decided to do immediately upon waking up on New Year's Day. Eyes cocked, doors locked, stay paranoid. Thank you for your continued support. Big love.